Welcome to Conversations with Bob and Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Bob. You're in the remote location right now. I am. Undisclosed. <laughs> so couple, a couple of things we're going to talk about today. You know, of course, more classified document. It turned into like the Oprah show. You get a classified document. You get yeah. Everybody gets a classified <laughs> document. Um, pretty soon, Mayor Garland going to have a special counsel of every single president and vice president in this country. So, and then we want to talk about the shooting um, in L.A. There's a two, unfortunately, two shooting consecutively during the Lunar New Year celebration. We're still in the Lunar New Year right now. Is The celebration right. normally go for about 15 days. Um, well, the first one was near L.A. The second one was near San Francisco. Yes. So the L.A. one is actually right after me. It's happening at 1030 at night. So I imagine it was right after all the celebratory program has been over and the 72 year old man decided to go into dance class to um, shoot up a bunch of people. And then actually he was stopped in another dance class by a civilian because he saw him loading a gun. Mm -hmm. um, so he was stopped there, but he preloaded his gun and went into this other dance class. Um, now, was One that in a thing, different part of the city or was it in the same town? It, around the same time. Okay. Yeah, he was stopped by this young kid. Um, I, I watched the interview of this kid. He said he watched him loading the gun, so he decided okay. to stop him. Yeah, and then uh, turn out this 72-year-old man used to be a dance instructor, and he was a choreographer, and he... Kind of, they say he was kind of mean to all the students, and and mm -hmm. the second shooting is kind of work related. Shooting. Oh right, the mushroom farmers. Yes, yes, yeah. So, um, so, and I have some perspective on the, you know, the these two cases being coming from the Chinese culture, and just a little bit of ins and outs. Okay. When it comes to yeah. Lunar New Year celebration. Well, for the first one, the 72-year-old gentleman, um, knowing that this is right around Lunar New York uh, celebration, he was mad of a group of clearly dancers. Um, so, you know, pe a lot of people don't know behind the scenes in the organization of the Lunar New Year celebration, even locally, there's a lot of silly, petty infighting all the time. And um, this is why, you know, 20 some years ago, I belonged to a group and I was on the board and I think we were the first uh, Chinese organization actually organize a citywide New Year celebration and put it at the Bayam Theater. And I, uh, you know, we did all the fundraising and everything and I was in charge of doing program. I personally did a lot of groundwork. And at the end, when we do the program, I had a three-hour conversation with somebody. All it, all it is is to make sure their name shows up the shows up number one on the program. And I was going to do it in alphabetical order, okay? Okay. And so after that whole debacle, I decided I no longer want to be with this. This is too much time for volunteer work. But you'll be surprised the amount of pride the amount of saving face, 
the amount of disrespect at times um, within the planning of all these programs. And so you think this to... guy may have been or should have been involved but didn't get credit or something like that? He just that's had a beef? Part, that's part of it, right? He's 72. He may be one of the first ones started these dance troops. I would love to know the inside story. And so we, even within the city of Pittsburgh, there's many different Chinese groups. There's like dance groups and choirs mm -hmm. and, and, and dance schools. The amount of little infighting, who goes, whose program goes first and who will be involved in this particular performance and whose mm -hmm. name shows up and even the seating, you know, at the, at the, um, the theater, who sit where. It's all these little intricate, you know, planning thing. And sometimes when you get a, um, a, a director leader of a particular organization that does not do a good job as far as making sure everybody's feelings cover, because this is all volunteer work. And mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. We just recently had a Lunar New Year uh, per performance at downtown the Playhouse. And... My father was the founder, is the founder of this particular organization. I mean, he's the first one got it started, got it going, uh, got the Chinese Culture Festival going, everything. So after How old two your years, father? my own father, <laughs> uh, How old after is he? two years, and it became very successful, and he, under his leadership, and um, this one individual took over, basically saying, I'm doing it all. And at the performance this Lunar New Year, I thought it was interesting where he had all the leaders of the uh, different organization, rather than sitting on the main floor in the get, you know, reserve seat for these group of people that has contributed, right, to the performance. Mm -hmm. He had everybody sitting on the second floor, way up in the in nosebleed. I mean, the theater is not that big. And when I, and I sat in a better seat than my own father and I had nothing to do with any of it. So, <laughs> so it sounds like your father fits the profile here. My, yeah, but thank God my father is very, uh, he doesn't care about these things. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, I walk in there. If I was the person who's planning this event, I will mm -hmm. make sure every single, th those Chinese, you know, leaders will be sitting in a prominent position, be recognized, because that's what people are looking for, right? And especially mm -hmm. in the Chinese culture, you're supposed to respect your elders, especially people that founded these. It's not a, it's a culture issue. So to- Is this, and, is this and, part of like the, the honor culture? The honor culture. So when they do things like this, number one, you know it was done out of purpose. It, it was mm -hmm. very intentionally to demeaning and discredit this group of people by putting them in nosebleed. So my suspicion is this 72 year old man probably have gotten certain started. He was in this dance troupe and then he was slowly squeezed out of the dance troupe, which this happened locally in many, many situations. And the one person, and they take these position, volunteer position, very, very seriously. And they think this is, oh, I'm the almighty powerful. And it creates a lot of dissatisfaction and bad feelings. And being that mm -hmm. he's 72 years old, he's pro, I don't know if he has family or not. So he just got probably really pissed off and 
took a gun to it and say, you know what, all you people and are going to be killed and revenge. Um, and unfortunately, the laws in California are so loose when it comes to criminal. So it's just like that 65-year-old, right? He shoot a bunch of, killed a bunch of people. He's like, I'd rather be in jail because he can be in jail. He doesn't have to work. He gets all kinds of, you know, um, Chinese jail and American jail are completely different, right? So, mm -hmm. so in his mind, he would rather be sitting in jail that he completed his revenge, whatever that might be. He can laugh about it for the rest of his life. And that kind of culture, revenge culture, is deeply rooted sometimes in the Chinese culture. If you watch a lot of the Chinese soap operas, and I do a lot, and it's all about seeking revenge, right? Mm -hmm. So you in California that more access to these type of thing. It's not about forgiveness. You know, the Western culture is more about forgiveness. Um, you know, let things go. And that's not the Chinese culture. I mean, my father is a Christian. So, um, you know, he's almost 80. He, he's fairly happy with his life. But those kind of things, so those little just like in digging in and making sure like oh i'm the guy that's making the call now and you all mean nothing that happens a lot within the chinese community especially when it comes to lunar new year celebration so how would this guy i mean if he felt like his honor you know was he's defending his honor i mean is it honorable to take revenge on people is that seen as acceptable in some way or in within the Chinese culture, and lately, is there's a lot of the Chinese um, historical, you know, uh, TV programs. Yeah, that's what it promotes. I mean, I watch a lot of it, and even me and my father discuss about this. My dad said, mm -hmm. you know, they need to stop promoting this revenge culture. Rather, they need to promote the forgiveness and moving on, and mm -hmm. and let things go, and you know that kind of thing. Um, well, and I think, you know, Bill Maher did a montage not long ago about the uh, revenge porn, he called it. And mm -hmm. it's a huge theme in Hollywood, these action movies. It's it's very, very common that the, you know, the main character is harmed in the beginning. And, mm -hmm. the you know, the, the, the thing is to get revenge. When he goes back and gets revenge on the bad guys, everybody's happy for him. Right. Right. Justice served, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, I think that that type of mentality, unfortunately, that type of mentality has been um, permeated throughout history in the Chinese culture. And okay. also, um, if you think about it, he's 72 years old. He probably have contributed a lot to the local community. And if he did have gotten disrespect for we don't know for how long how many years this is just my own little suspicion i mean mm -hmm. but seeing what's happening even locally for the lunar new year celebration the past i would say five six years all the infighting and how groups just continue to change continue to fight um you know i'm hoping this two stories will help the Chinese community in um, to look at, you know, what they're doing, because you have to understand a lot of the people came from mainland China has been suppressed all their lives. 
right?、Mm-hmm. They come to United States. They can't. They're like, I finally can be who I am. I want to show off my talent. I want to show off, but in a way that's, you know, when they take in charge of an organization, you become more totalitarian. Rather than democratic, because it's ingrained in them. This when I get power, whatever that power may or may not mean anything, because nobody's、mm-hmm. getting paid at these organizations. What they're getting is just a face、um, in in the show, and then you know a time or maybe a little bit of notoriety within the community itself.、Mm-hmm. Besides that, there's nothing else. You know, that's what I. That's when I pull. You know, backs. Back off because I'm like, I gotta, I have to make a living. I'm not getting paid for this. So <laughs> right. Why am I fighting here? So、um, I think that kind of things. Hopefully, people will learn from it, and hopefully, that would stop. Work with each、nope. other. Respect your elders. Understand. I mean, if you're Chinese, you understand how everybody feels about saving face, being honored, being respected. Don't play little stupid games. That purposely want to hurt people, and I think that's a problem. You know,、hmm. the fact that, like, even locally, the fact that the the this guy who did the seating arrangement made sure everybody else that's in the leadership position is sitting on the second floor rather than sitting in the reserve seat or in a special session on the floor. He knew exactly what he's doing, and that just is so unnecessary.、Mm-hmm. Why not be the better person? Say, hey. You guys contributed to the whole picture. These are the people who needs to be honored, and that's what people are looking for.、Mm-hmm. So now the guy in Northern California, he shot the people. He shot were、uh, mushroom farmers. They worked for these mushroom farms. Was that during a Lunar New Year celebration too? Well, with right now started、um, Saturday. It's New Year's Eve, so、mm-hmm. within the fifteen days, it. Uh, that was Monday, I think. So it was definitely within.、Uh... Right. Okay. So I, I'm just curious if you think it's the same sort of motivation. I'm not you know? sure about that one because I haven't、okay. read into that one, and I only read into the 72-year-old, knowing he was、mm-hmm. involved with the dance troupe. He taught those students, and those we're not talking about little kids. You know, majority of the people dancing on the on the stage, these are. You women that's in their forties and fifties and sometimes sixties, and they、mm-hmm. got nothing else going on. And this is part what they do. But some of those women,、um, you know, the people that's involved in these stand troops, choir, or even men, some, a lot of these people become very vicious, fighting over little petty things <laughs> during the New Year. And one of the things I always laugh about it, and I say, you know. Was interesting to me. To me, having a program get a lot of people there. You need to really showcase the kids because the parents、mm-hmm. love to watch your kids on stage. I mean, you go to over the past ten years, a local performer has changed from we're gonna focus on the kids. Now we're focusing on all these, you know. Women. I mean, they do a good job dancing. I'm not saying they don't. They're focusing all these women. They're in their 40s all the way to the 60s, and some men too. Then I'm like, well, you know what? If I want to see 40 to 60 year old non-professional dancer dancing, I can dance in the mirror. I look at myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow.、Well, now. 
Uh, something I at looking trying to learn about this, looking at news articles, I noticed several pretty liberal, you know, L.A. Times, um, I think the Atlantic, maybe um, they're doing pieces about anti-Asian hate. And at first I thought, well, you know, what, what are they doing here? Because this is obviously within the Asian community. And um, but I mean, they did show how, you know, anti-Asian, you know, I guess, I don't know, violence or, you know, incidents against them are really up um, in the past year, uh, definitely in California. But uh, maybe, I, I think maybe the reason it make it's relevant is because Asians now are scared. So, you know, when, when you find out that, you know, your people have been targeted in two shootings, you know, people get afraid. Well, that's my problem. Before anything even happened, they in, before they even find the suspect, they wow, right. they immediately went like, "This is anti. This is a hate crime." Well, in mm -hmm. some ways, it is a hate crime, right? This mm -hmm. old this gentleman's pissed off. He hates on these people, and he went to. So, it's a, I I believe it's a hate crime. It's out of passion and revenge, but it's not a racist thing. Right. Right. Let's take it that why out of like, the equation. And I can tell <laughs> but you. But it seems they like to have that narrative, you know. But Yeah, it was. It's not anybody else come in, committed these crimes. It's Asian, older mm -hmm. Asian men committed to other Asian people. And mm -hmm. one of the things, as far as the anti-Asian crime has gone up, it it has gone up in the past year, but... All crimes has gone up in America in the past year, not just Good point. Asian crimes. Um, and also, the the more people are preying on Asian students, that has happened the past decade. It's not mm. just now. So okay. my dad was called in to be some kind of contact for the students and came in and started talking talk to students about watch themselves being secure and i can tell you why when i came to this country to go to school i take buses i was you know i didn't come here with loads of money um we use public transportation we're very frugal we dress very because we generally here to to study and my our family most of the student in my generation did not come to this country with a lot of money Okay, mm -hmm. but if you look at the student Chinese student now, they come in. Um, their parents come in. They immediately buy a brand new fifty-five thousand dollar vehicle. They, you know, carry Louis Vuitton purses. They have the latest and the greatest and a ton of money. Well, then you become a target. I, I, I'm not sure if that's Asian specific. I think that when you show come into this country out of nowhere, you show off your wealth. Well, you become a target. And and you mean a target for theft? Like people want target to steal Target for their... theft, target for murdering, target for... I mean, I think the murder is probably the byproduct. Some people get murdered. But if you come and try to rob somebody and try to take their purse, take their cars, I mean, these days it doesn't take much for people right. to go after you. So Now, do you, do you think it's a jealousy thing? Um, you absolutely. Know, you say they... Okay, okay. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm following you now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have some student come in in this country and then, you know, you got kids at working, washing dishes and pay them to go to school. 
or you know can't afford a lot of things have to take buses and work on scholarship and you have all these kids come in they drive a $55,000 Mustang or Mercedes Benz mm -hmm. or whatever and walk around you know with just money flying out of their pocket yeah I, I think you know when you from 19 to 20 there's got to be some kind of jealousy going on and then then you become a target for crime now what about COVID so the newspapers think that you know it's anti-Asian you know hate because of COVID I, think I mean, there's I personally more people think hating on, on Fauci <laughs> than yeah. People. Okay. Well, yeah, because I feel that. I mean, I think anyone that would just blame this on Asian people, that's got to be a real tiny fringe, you know. Right. I mean, I think we're at the point where most Americans would, you know, can judge a government without judging, you know, the people. You know, I mean, say, I'm well, Chinese. We, we think and I don't see a lot of people had a problem with me during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And people know it's the Chinese government. It's not the Chinese people that would bring COVID. I'm sure there's a small percentage of the people that right. would do that. And I, you know, I live in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County is a fairly small community. So I can't speak for anybody else, but I personally have not ever experienced people come to me and say, Oh no, you, you, you're the problem for the COVID. Right. I the people I know and talk about either hate can't stand the people that's not taking the vaccination or the people that don't want to take the vaccine and can't stand the people that took the vaccination and <clears throat> you so know, just like regular old Americans just regular old Americans <laughs> yeah, divide Americans. under but, ideological yeah I mean I, I feel terrible because as a Chinese you never hear mass shooting within the Chinese community. And the mm -hmm. fact this happened, the fact it happened with two older men, it's even, it's even more sad, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have the thing that they're just had it. They had it, whatever they experienced, they had it. Mm -hmm. So they decide to take this route. So I don't know, like I said, I don't know the 65 year of the mushroom factory, but for the 72 year old, if it's about the dancing and the Lunar New Year celebration, I just feel like, well, maybe, you know, I see it happening locally. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard that angle. <laughs> now, you uh, you know, we've seen uh, what's happening in Atlanta. Do you want to switch over to um, – there's a similarity. The, the, this all started because a 29-year-old black man, Tyre Nichols, um, mm -hmm. You know, was he, he was pulled over for reckless driving. Um, the arrest got violent. You know, apparently they, uh, you know, beat him pretty good. He ended up in the hospital and then he died. Hmm. Um, so that's what started the protest. And then, of course, you have Antifa coming from all over. So I, I, there's a couple different things. I mean, we could talk about the. Uh, oh, an in, in interesting part. There were five police officers. All of them are black. Well, the the six people that are, that was they were arrested, right? Mm -hmm. They're the they all young white kids. Oh, you're talking okay. You're talking about Antifa, Antifa in Atlanta, right. okay? Yeah, yeah. And I was I talking about the incident. Um, you know, where I the, didn't the, hear the, about the, the incident. Okay, I did well, not hear. that's so what it's happened. A, it's a black kid got beat up by five black cops. 
uh, 29-year-old, yeah, Tyre Nichols. He was beat up as a traffic stop, and he, mm-hmm. he ended up in the hospital, but he died in the hospital. And, and the five so policemen the, that beat him up, they all black cops. All five of them are black, yeah. Mm. So did, I thought this had something to do with a training center. They're trying to build a training center. Uh, I think that's uh, a more ongoing issue. So I think, yeah, okay. they probably combined them. because It's anti-police is what it is. So, you know, well, the training center. Number one, does but, anti-police thing have to stop, right? Because yeah. you can see the, incre- the, the crime has increased dramatically in the United States. Right. Um, as far as you can protest, but when you destroy property, something else. Mm-hmm. You can peacefully protest, you can scream, you can yell, but don't destroy property. I mean, we see the women's march after Trump took office, right? They wear their pink hats and whatever they're doing, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're crying, but no property was destroyed. Mm-hmm. No one was harmed. And I think that's the most important thing in America. I think it's okay to 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 express your opinions but it became when you become violent you're just there to destroy i mean that destroying property is not helping the conversation all it does is making it worse for the other side and say look these people need to be punished Mm -hmm. well i mean before we go into antifa i I still want to talk about the what happened um because i mean I i watched some of the videos of the family interviewed and, you know, I, I understand why people in the black community get upset, you know, when someone is killed by police. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I, I grew up in working class neighborhoods where, you know, there was a lot of drinking, sometimes fighting. And, uh, you know, so the police were called and the police would arrest people and it would get violent because the guy doesn't want to go. So he gets forced into a car. And, you know, after the people see the police being rough with their neighbors and, you know, other fathers and things like that. I mean, the cops did not have a, you know, they weren't well liked and these are white neighborhoods. This is like 99% white neighborhoods. So, I mean, I I can understand, you know, where that kind of anti-police sentiment comes from. And, you know, I mean, we still don't know what this kid did or this man did, but, you know, the police have their videos. They showed it to the family and the attorney, but they're not releasing it yet. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess, you know, one of the things I, I personally think police need to revisit, you know, their how they handle things because, you know, everybody has a video camera now. So all the all the citizens are going to judge police based on what they see on camera. And I I. One thing I don't hear talked about enough is I do know police use traffic stops to look for other illegal activity. But because we have, you know, uh, they can't police can't just randomly search you or your car. They have to have a reason. So they actually in, in especially in areas where there's a lot of crime, they intentionally use traffic stops to look for drug activity, to look for weapons. And so, you know, when the driver of the car you know, reacts violently, resists, whatever, their mindset is all already thinking, okay, is this guy violent? Is this guy a drug dealer, a gang member? You know, so when he reacts that way, to them, that's almost 
affirmation that, okay, there's something this guy can't be trusted or, you know, he might put us in danger. So I think that's part of the problem is, you know, they, that's what they, so and if someone ends up dying as a result of a traffic stop and that's kind of hard to tell the citizens of that area that, well, you know, it, 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 the police did it everything properly. Well, in this case, the police are already suspended. And at the same time, you know, you have defund the police movement, anti-police movement for how many years now? Right. Right. So, um, and then the murder of the police rate has gone way up too. Yeah. So these police, you know, you have a job, you're not getting paid a lot of money. They get paid less than what our congressman, senator are getting paid, but they put their life on the line every single day. Sure. So their thing is like, I need to, I come out to patrol. I put my life on the line. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't see the videotape, but you would think like, and we're not in that situation either. So you can say, well, five of you guys, you could have just, you know, put a handcuff on the kid and then throw him in the, in the, in the cop car. But mm-hmm. then we, the, all with the, all the new, um, laws i mean these people are just going to come right out right you know well and you know the other thing that happened so you know if you look at statistics it's really a very very small number of police encounters with black men that end up violent and usually Mm -hmm. they're armed so it's a very small number in reality but because it gets all the news play and everybody pays attention to it it seems like a bigger bigger more widespread problem than it really is so now you have young black men driving around and when they get pulled over they're they're already afraid that they're gonna get you know killed you know beaten Right. So they already have their guard up. Police have their guard up because they're right. looking for drugs or whatever. It's, such a tense it's a powder keg. Yeah. Yeah. It can just, you know, <clears throat> boil up. So they go, well, why is this guy reacting the way he is? Why did he run? Or why did he, you know, not want to cooperate and show us his eye? Whatever. It, it, it could very well. They assume he's doing something illegal. When someone right. runs or when someone doesn't want to give their ID or they give the cop, they assume they're hiding something. They're doing illegal. But I think we have a situation now where people are doing it because they're scared. Yeah. I think they really think that their life's in danger every time they come near a cop. Yeah. The fear has definitely driven a lot of it. I mean, I can understand. Um, You know, I, I have, it's funny. I did a search on myself and, and I realized that I, I have five offenses. Every single one of them was disobeying traffic signals. (laughs) So I got pulled over and then, you know, I, but I'm always very polite. I'm so You're a serial sorry. offender. I'm a real offender. Well, you know, when you have to rush yeah. everywhere to deliver wedding flowers, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really, you try to just get there, you know? So, um, I, I'm always super nice and polite too. And I've been, uh, done that since I was young. And it's mainly because, you know, I know the police have a lot of discretion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can be a jerk and challenge them. But I think that's more likely for him to be more harsh with me and write me a ticket or whatever. I figure the best thing I can do is just be respectful and nice, you know, not argue. And, you know, maybe he'll cut me a break. And a lot of times they do. Yeah, I mean, I do everything by the book. I put my hands on the wheel because my, you know, my own brother-in-law 
you know, is a retired police. So you mm-hmm. kind of respect the fact that, look, I want you to feel safe with me and I want me to feel safe with you. Here's my hand, whatever you want me to do. Right. Um, the one time I have to reach down to my purse, I said, you can't reach out. I said, fine, my license and my purse, do whatever you got to do, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think just to be respectful, let them do their job because they have a job to do ultimately. Right. And if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have to be scared of the police. You know, another thing, another angle to this is that the the family has retained this lawyer named, I forget his first name, but Crumb. Mm-hmm. So here's the attorney that when these things happen, he gets, you know, settlements for the family, you know, to the tune of $10 million up. Sure. So, you know, now there's a, you know, financial incentive to make it out to be a racial thing. And mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I, it's just a real mess to me. I don't know, you know, I mean, I think there's problems on all sides of it. I just don't know what the solution is. Right. And now I think more and more now you have all the major city, majority of the police chiefs are African-American, majority of the policemen are African-American. Right. The DAs are African-American. So, you know, um, what happened eventually is the race issue is going to go away and right. you're going to get into just police to criminal issue, right? Mm-hmm. Just a poli- anti-police issue. So it, it's a very difficult thing to solve. I mean, when you have this anti-government, anti-police movement for so many years, how do you switch that mentality, you know? So, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think All right, so let's talk start- about Antifa. You want to talk about Antifa? <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? CNN had a guy was on um, commenting on the Atlantic, and he's saying, he said, is it destroying property really violent? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, I like to know, well, you know, I don't think these kids um, wanted to do what they do. I like to know who's behind it and who's paying them. Because... Right. A lot of these kids are not from, they're not local people. So somebody pay them to travel to right. Atlanta and to do this. So there's somebody well, I have to give it. Atlanta and Georgia credit because they are charging these people with domestic terrorism. Right. So, you know, if you're going to accuse, you know, right wing violent protesters of, you know, domestic terrorism, you need to do that on the left as well. And yeah, I mean, and, and had, I, they... I think the mayor and the police chief was very clear on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that these are not local people. They come and they destroy their city. Um, that's absolutely... It will be interesting to see exactly what happened. But I think right. somebody needs to find out who, you know, who's providing the money for all this. There's, there's well, money behind it. You know, I mean, left-wing media... Democrat Party, they pound things like Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, white supremacists. You know, they try to paint the entire you know, Republican Party with that brush, but they completely ignore Antifa. In fact, they've actually defended them in the past by saying, well, even the president has said Antifa is just an idea. It's not an organization. It's just an idea. Well, when you have a vi- when you have protests and then six people come from all different states Mm-hmm. And just show up and all all wearing the same black outfits, doing the same activity. There's coordination there. Absolutely. It's not just an idea. 
Absolutely. I mean, so, so I, you know, I, I think that um, ultimately, I think is who's there's somebody behind this, you know, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. There's some kind of dark money coming from communism oh. countries. Oh, um, yeah. I, I personally think that the uh, Democrat Party uses them as well. I believe that, you know, those protests during George Floyd that, you know, that would, was beneficial to the Democrat Party. So if you're a PAC, it, yeah, it was you know, or you're in interested case, in the Democrat, you I want those protests to continue. I believe the mayor and the chief of police, they're all Democrats, right? And I believe the people. Right. The, the, the governors are Republicans. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not, they're, they're definitely, the statement those two people made was definitely like, we're not tolerating this. This is, right. you know. Yeah, so, which is smart. I, I mean, if you if that's the only way to, you know, disincentivize it. Right. Let's talk I, about just, classified it, documents. Well, hold on. <laughs> it really bothers me a lot that, you know, they don't treat this group the same as the other groups. So, you know, and, and I mean, to me, they're organized. To say they're not, they're just an idea, to me, is like saying Al-Qaeda is just an idea. You know, or or the Taliban is just an, uh, yeah, they have people in there, you know, but I, I believe Antifa does, too. I mean, they're, they're they are coordinated. And, you know, uh, it's just for it uh, to me, it's shameful, really, for the Democrats to defend them. And, you know, then at the same time, attack all the right wing groups and try to say that's what all Republicans are. I think that trend is slowly changing, though. I think a Good. lot of things are slow. I think the Democratic Party and the voters has recognizing, um, you know, this is why I think in some ways it's kind of good the Democrat didn't do too bad during the midterm election because now the conversation has to be pulled to more middle. We mm -hmm. have to look at the safety of the, you know, the government is here to protect the citizens. So we have to look at, Overall, our crime rate has gone up and, you know, the government, whether it's mayor, governors, and they all have to come out and defend their people because that's how they will get elected and their personal life will be affected, right? If a, mm -hmm. if a city crime rate goes up, eventually their friends and their family will be impacted. So they have to be responsible. I, so I think the trend is going to go slowly go back or it could go back. You know, it could seem slow right now. You could go back to um, more tougher laws. But I think the more extreme it becomes, the more people are going to go say, look, this is not right. We have to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, I personally think it's a positive fact that so we went through all that violence the summer of 2020 that mm -hmm. was largely, you know, excused if you will, by the, the, you know, the right wing or the left wing media and the Democrats. And then you had January 6th, mm -hmm. which is insurrection, you know, domestic terrorism, a horrible thing. And, you know, most Americans, I think, kind of see the, the contradiction there. And I, so I think it's actually kind of a good thing now that we're seeing Antifa come out again. So, you know, Americans are going to see, OK, there's you know, this isn't necessarily being treated fairly. You know, if, if one set of violence is bad than this, I mean, literally, you know, so you could say January 6th was a federal building. But in, you know, Trump was criticized for sending tr people to defend the um federal building and it was either seattle or portland or something and there's all the vision visual they had the fence up and they're throwing 
you know, explosive devices over and everything. But that was okay. I think the summer 2020 is a whole country at a big tantrum against the fact that Trump won the presidency. <laughs> well, half the country. And I think a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> I think that's why it was opportunity. Them, it was an opportunity for for people. Right, that it was like expressing. It was a big tantrum because he won, and nobody expected he won. And you know, we could have had the first female president right after first black president, and it was just mm -hmm. one of those things that kind of ingrained in people's head. And I think that was all a reaction towards that. And of course, January 6th is the other side had the reaction against the fact that Trump lost the election. But hopefully people are finally going to go back to everyday lives, right? Let's forget about the fighting between the politicians. We need to get back to our lives because mm -hmm. Biden, Trump, they're not helping our aches. Our $6 a dozen now. Our gas price is going right. up. I mean... Let's focusing on I that that's what I think it's interesting to me. These young kids, they're out there doing what they're doing. They just want to feel like they're part of something. Right? I'm not trying to excuse mm -hmm. the violent behavior. They want to feel like they're part of something. They want to feel like they're being well utilized, right? Again, our education system are not challenging these kids. They're not rewarding good behaviors, but rather they're honoring bad behaviors. So you have these younger kids are just they're trying to find themselves, you know, to mm -hmm. be um, relevant, you know. So they want to be relevant. They wanted to be somebody. And our education system is not providing those things. If everybody gets a trophy, then there's no reason for you to be better than the other one. So, the, mm -hmm. so I think it all goes back to our education system just sucks. You know, change our <laughs> education system. And um, yep. one other thing, I just recently watched a 60-minute interview. It was Chen Kai-shek. This interview happened before he passed away. And one of the things in that 60-minute interview is saying whether it's a communism party or the Chen Kai-shek, the, the nationalist, the one thing stay persistent is how important the education is. They might mm -hmm. preach a little bit of communism, preach a little bit of nationalism, but at the end of the day, the kids are learning what's important for their future. Okay? We don't have mm -hmm. that here. We make our school a bunch of social justice little warriors rather than Absolutely. teach what's really important. Mm -hmm. And instead of awarding good students now they don't want to award good students right mm -hmm. with that uh, incident happened in virginia our local school district stopped giving out valedictorian so what's yep. so <clears throat> so these kids growing up in these environment they're not feeling they're relevant they don't feel challenged they don't feel accomplished mm -hmm. So when something like this happens, say, hey, you get a chance to go to the city. Here's a reason why you're doing this for justice reason. I mean, yep. you know, you get a couple of passionate kids are like, OK, we're, we're there. We're getting paid. We're, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's very frustrating to me because. Uh, again, it's the same thing. The culture is not, it's rewarding bad behavior. Right. And it does not give severe punishments. So even in the Chinese community, they no longer honor the people that are, you know, the elderly. And it's whoever 
try to get in front of the cameras or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's all going back to the education. This is to me, yep. you know, I, I think it's yeah. so important. I, I believe our education, you know, because of the higher ed and everything and the, the where the teachers and educators come from, our schools now are trying to build activists. And even our superintendent said at the one town hall that their their mission, their goal of, of our school is to develop global citizens, to build global citizens. I'm like, what does that mean? I mean, you know, I thought your goal was supposed to educate people to, to make them, you know, be able to live a, a life where they can earn a living and contribute to society. and thing. It just seems like there's a lot of focus on this kind of activist, you know, left wing thing. Meanwhile, the academics at the local school, they're, you know, they're mediocre at best. Well, let me just go uh, pick that what you say when he said develop global citizens, which mm-hmm. is fine. Okay. I'd American like to know what kids, it means. Most American kids can't speak a second language. If you want to be a mm-hmm. global citizen, you better have, you better know how to speak a second language. If you want to be a global citizen, you better be good at mathematics and understanding world history, understanding American history, understanding how the geopolitical world works, right? Be able to communicate with other, learn other culture. So when you travel around the world, you know what to do. So you say mm-hmm. they, you, they want to raise global citizens. That's all well and good. But the academic curriculum does not contribute to raise global citizens. Well, see, you're assuming that when he says global citizens, it's an act academic goal. I don't believe that it's an academic goal. I mean, how many kids are going to travel internationally in their business after, you know, they get out of Shaler School? Not a whole lot. I mean, you know, I firmly believe that the whole global citizen is more of a social justice, you know, uh, no, I understand that, but they should not use that term. Kind of, That's what I'm saying. It's a worldview. Yeah, you you should not use the term. If you what you really should be using is we want to raise kids that are non-binary, gender neutral, social warriors. That's right. what they're ultimately doing, right? They're they're and they're not teaching them anything else. So if you when we're sitting in school. Uh, a fifth grader coming into the classroom in the beginning of the school year. And the first thing teacher asks is, how would you like your pronoun to be a fifth grade? Rather than saying, we're going to test everybody on their math skills. So we know this semester how we can better help you to do better math, science, language, yada, yada, yada. Right. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, oh, we want to know. We don't want to care about your name. We just want to know how you want to be referred in your pronoun starting at fifth grade and even younger age. That's not education. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I agree. Um, so, you know, I, I think that every organization should say, what's your primary purpose? What's your primary goal? And if you're a school, it's academics. Now, you know, I get it. You know, there's, there's a, a need to, you know, make sure that kids are well-behaved and, you know, things like that. But, I mean... Academics is ninety percent of what you're supposed to be doing. So, and it one more thing, to these, me... pro- these pronouns are bad English, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
A they yeah. is a group of people. They I is know. not a single individual. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. It's very so, confusing. I mean, it just seems like there's an awful lot when you see the things that they post on, um, you know, social media and the things that the uh, school board, school directors are proud of and things. I mean, there's just too much of the, uh, you know, social justice thing for me. And, you know, of course, there's like student plays and sports and events, and that's fine. But very rarely do you see something about academics. Very rarely. Yep. Yep. And uh, recently, Ross Township had a bunch of commissioner um, positions that, you know, the township interviewing. And it seems like the, the people have or claim they have or have transgender children are the first ones to be considered to take these commission jobs, whether they're qualified or not. Really? And, wow. So that's um, North Hills. You said, yes, North Hills, North town, Ross township. So, well, let's talk okay. about these classified documents. documents. <laughs> so apparently Mike Pence just made an announcement this morning and he found classified document at his own home and he handed over to the FBI. So what okay. did he take a so, whole weekend looking for documents at his own house? So he found them, not his lawyers. <laughs> uh, let me see. I have that. Um, I mean, I my know. thing it's, with, uh, you know, the, you know, Biden's first comment was he didn't know about them. Oh, I didn't right. know. I mean, it was my my lawyers found them. I didn't know they were there, so we did it the right way. Well, they're finding them all over the place. Like how, you know, you can't say you didn't know about them when it actually looks like they're, you know, intentionally separated and different types of documents are in different places. And No, my Pence's lawyer found them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So... So I, Everybody's got their lawyer. Imagine the conversation. Mike Pence calls his lawyer. You better come to my house, look for documents that, that I don't know whether it's here or not here, but just look for it just in case. How does right. that work? I don't know. I mean, this started, and, and this is really a crazy thing. It seems like, you know, there's a karma around Trump. Every time they go, you know, the media, everybody goes after Trump. Something like this happens. I wouldn't say every time, but it's common. It's you know? common. It's just yeah. who could have predicted? It's common. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who would have could have predicted that this would happen to Biden? I mean, well, I think the damning part about this beautiful. is they found document from his Senate days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the question yeah. is that I think that's more damning than anything else because as a president, vice president, okay, that's fine. But then mm -hmm. you, when the Senate and the Congressman, they read these classified documents, they don't read it. They read it at a special place. You cannot even bring your cell phone in. You can read it and you have to leave it there. So now mm -hmm. the question is, how the heck did these classified documents wind up at his house from the Senate days? I think that's, that's very damning. I think what I want to know, since it seems to be everybody has documents, I would like to know what is the nature of the particular documents each one has, and what's a reasonable explanation for why they had them. That's I mean, a good what's question. the intent? You know, I mean, that and Merrick Garland is being put in a very awkward situation because they came so hard on Trump. Mm 
Yep. So now he cannot take <laughs> any of this lightly now, right? Right. If he yep. th- if he never had a problem with you know made that such a public thing with Trump, yeah, these you can kind of like okay, we found here, we found here, but because it was so tough on Trump, now it's like okay, it's too obvious of comparison. As much yeah. as they want to talk about say it's different, it's different. Um. So there were people when this was happening just with Trump, there were conservative pundits. I don't remember which ones, but I heard them saying, well, they all take documents. They all have documents. And it turns out they do. So, you know, another thing I want to say, you know, this couple of shows ago, I talked about this. I put, you know, I, I, I put my little tinfoil hat on, mm -hmm. um, I'm just wondering now that because Trump had a lot of because he's the president he he was the president he had a lot of room to class declassify classified documents he actually had more right having classified documents than everybody else as the president mm-hmm. of the United States the fact that they were going after certain documents so harsh I still think there might be some kind of link between what Trump has in his possession with what happened with this whole search with all of a sudden Biden's classified document. I wonder, because they don't want, Trump doesn't want to give up those documents, they may or may not, even after the Mar-a-Lago search, found the document they're looking for, or they're suspecting Trump may have a copy of it, or whatever. And now they want to make sure whatever Biden has is going to be in the DOJ and the FBI possession because now the GOP is taking, you know, all the investigation committee. If they want those documents, the DOJ and FBI can say, we can't give these up because it's under investigation. So ultimately, they might be protecting Biden from getting discovered, whatever he... It might be by the GOP, but I'm just wondering if Donald Trump has exactly the same, you know, have some kind of similar document that may have some kind of dirt on Biden. That's yeah, my little I don't know. tinfoil head. Yeah, I mean, you know, I so Trump, you know, he has a private plane. He lives, if you've ever seen Mar-a-Lago, I mean, you know, and they argue how much debt he has, but... You know, the idea that Trump had documents to sell secrets is ridiculous. I mean, I just think that, you know, the risk reward of that is just forget about it. But, uh, you know, some people thought that he had it for leverage, you know, because he's hung up in this. uh, And these are all just speculation. But because of his insistence that the, the 2020 election was rigged, that, you know, he has some sort of leverage to use against people. Um, you know, the Biden. I mean, we have all that stuff surrounding Joe and Hunter that was in the laptop and, you know, the big guy and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, who? I, I just would like to know what is the name. You know, you know, they can't tell us necessarily the content, the exact content. But what was the nature of these documents? What was... You know, what were they for? Is there any reasonable reason these people should have had them? And if there's a nefarious reason, what's that? Well, I understand that um, from reporting, there is um, 
there's some documents they are uh, marked with extreme sensitive headings that's discovered at at uh, Biden's home. Now we don't know whether those documents from his Senate days or those documents are from um, you know from from being the vice president. One thing that just came in, uh, my friend just texted me. This just came in. Um, the U.S. Treasury has suspended full funding of a federal employee retirement benefit program after the government reaches debt ceiling. The move is one of the so-called extraordinary measure Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is taking to avoid default until Congress raises a federal borrowing limit. So does that mean they're stopped, they're, they're, they've stopped paying out to people who are retired? Uh, once that happens, a retirement fund will be made whole, she wrote. U.S. Treasury will suspend full funding of a federal retirement program, the latest in the string of action that's taken. So it doesn't so say, suspended my suspicion, suspend new investment in civil service retirement and disability fund and the postal service retiree health benefit fund until June 5th. Suspend new investment in civil service retirement and disability fund and postal service retiree health benefit. Wow. I wonder what that means. I mean, so you have this fund. They have assets. Um, and also they're putting money into it because the assets right. can't meet all the obligations. And then you have people collecting money out of it. So if they're not going to fund it, does that mean they're also not going to pay out to people who are currently receiving that benefit? Well, it says Yellen on Tuesday said interest-bearing security for the Government Security Investment Fund, so-called G-Fund, will be underfunded until the debt limit is increased or suspended. The fund is part of the Thrift Saving Fund under the Federal Employee Retirement System. Hmm. Yeah, yeah it's not I mean, if they don't exactly. stop payments, if they don't ratchet down payments when they stop funding then it'll go broke maybe this is a way to push the congress or raise the death ceiling um this is a tactic but you know well he someone said this you know when they were criticizing the republicans for not immediately raising the debt ceiling i heard a retort which i i hadn't thought of they said why do we even have a debt ceiling <laughs> i mean if if every time we reach it, they just it's just raise expected it anyway. for you to raise it. What's mm -hmm. the point? I mean, so the the debt ceiling's there for a reason. And if if all we do is every time they they reach it, say, oh well, we can't shut everything down, so let's just raise it. Let's just raise it. Hmm. Hey, I just want to tell you this article from August twentieth, twenty twenty two. It says former president, Vice President Mike Pence said Friday that he did not take any classified information with him when left office. And he criticized Trump for having classified documents. So that's going to come this back. This was Friday. <laughs> so that was Friday. And now today he has them? No, no. August 20 of 2022. Oh. So when okay. Mar-a-Lago was raided. Right, right. Mike Pence I, I remember came that. Out, criticized Trump having classified document. He said, to his knowledge, he did not take any classified document um, from our lago But now he said they found um, classified document. 
at his I mean, I, at his home. So I don't remember a time like this where it seems like every time people criticize Trump for something, something like this happens. I mean, I, I would not. I, I don't know what it is about the guy. I don't but know. I can't but it, remember. It's it just interesting to me. So, like I said, Trump can declassify everything, and then he. I, I, I don't know I, if he I can still just... believe my conspiracy theory where right. Trump had the the classified document they were going after may have some but, information on Biden and the administration and that's why they they are going after so harshly. Yeah. But I I don't know that his ability to declassify means he can take classified documents, mishandle them and then when he gets caught says, "Oh, they're declassified, you know what I mean? Just sort of arbitrarily, whenever he feels like it, he just says I, it I, like it I came. I think he can declassify. I mean, isn't there a process? But um, uh, well, but it, I'm sure he can do it. But isn't there like a process that you normally go through to declassify? Or well, you just I, we got to do some it? research on that. I think this this is going to be an ongoing thing on the news. If Pence finding classified documents, I mean, we have all these senators and congressmen and past president, vice president, is everybody going to start right. calling their attorney this today and say, come to my house yeah. and do an internal search? <laughs> I mean, it's surreal. So, you know, Trump had classified documents, then Biden. So, you know, the pro-Trump people say, well, Biden's is worse because he's a vice president. He didn't right. really have that authority. So now the vice president under under Trump has documents. It's like, is this a movie? What is it? <laughs> it's hard to believe. I don't know. It's something. It is something. I would really like to see the American people learn how to hold government officials, the government accountable to some consistency. You know, not just I'm what not we sure want. You... That's the problem with the divide. We should, we need to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I This is all very... This is just... Everybody's tribal. If if somebody in the uh, you know if you're a Republican and a Democrat does something bad, it's bad. It's real bad, no matter what. No leniency. But mm -hmm. if a Republican does it, you defend them, and it's vice versa. I mean, that's like the almost the whole country now. Nobody cares if their guy does something wrong, and they over care when the other guy does. Yeah. The problem with it, the Republicans are at a disadvantage because of the influence that the Democrats have over the ninety percent of the media, or the media with well, ninety percent of the influence. Well, I, I think this whole classified document thing going to continue until uh, this is going to be the the this is going to be in the news for a while. So, well, I mean, I mean effort, huh? Yeah, I, I just. I, I yeah I mean if we're talking election though we're about two years out from the next election you know how these things go nobody will care about it by then no they'll be they'll be tired of hearing it no I think people are way smarter today understanding how our government works how politician works I don't think yeah. they're gonna have any problem and issues but well this has been a great show thank you yeah. for letting me talk about the whole. You know, the Chinese, the Asian community. And, you know, when I heard that, I thought, oh, boy, I've seen it happen. I've seen people get mad at each other, you know, a mm -hmm. lot. It never rises to that point. But, you know, when you mm -hmm. have a big population and, I mean, it just, uh, you know, California has a very big Chinese population. And 
Yeah. I hope this kind of stuff not going to keep happening, and I just hope the Chinese community start recognizing this is ingrained in our culture. Start respecting the elders. You know. Yeah. Well, I hope that we get we get some explanation. I hope it doesn't turn out like you know the Vegas thing, where it just they say, "Well, there's nothing here," so it just goes away. Yeah. You know? Well. I mean, I recommend um, any everybody watch some of the historical drama or one of the movies on Netflix. Some of them speaking, actually they have English dub. If you watch a couple of those movies, you kind of will understand this whole revenge mentality. Which movies? Do you have some you can recommend? Um, there's so many. I can put some up, or I can. We can talk about it next time. On, okay. Uh, you know, on the uh, yeah, talk about let's do on that. the show. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm really yeah. Uh, it's, it's okay. There's a lot of great movies. Cinematography is beautiful. The sets mm. are beautiful. But if you watch the whole thing, this this mentality of revenge is constantly in the whole thing. And then okay. you know, so different because a Western movie a lot of times. I mean, even mm. they do seek revenge, but there's always that forgiveness going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I've enjoyed I've been watching some of the foreign films and series on Netflix. And uh, I, it is interesting to see the difference in the culture kind of come through. Um, yes. If, if you're observant, you'll see that. So, yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, okay. on that note, happy Lunar New Year. This is a year of the rabbit. So it should be good for me. I hope. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Good, good talking to you, Sherry. Okay.